Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan streaming at KLIZ.com. Also find us on Facebook at Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Brought your way in part by our sponsors. The Mills Automotive Group, since 1922, celebrating 100 years. Gravel Pit Golf, Brainerd, Minnesota's newest golf experience. And Dockside Rental, Brainerd Lakes go-to for surf, wakeboard, pontoon, and jet ski rental. Very uh, special uh, connection, good connection, uh, Chris Foley. Uh, long distance, St. Andrews, one of your, well, it might be your favorite place in the world, Chris, at least in the top two probably. It is, uh, Mac, it's it's fun to be here. It's my favorite city in the world, and uh, I can't tell you the, the excitement and the energy level here around the Open Championship. Last week we had a conversation with uh, Dr. Morris Perkins about kind of prepping the golfer's mindset for the Open, but it, in the course of our conversation I, I got to thinking, and he mentioned it briefly too, how when you're in St. Andrews, is does everybody in town know a little bit about golf, Chris? It's got to be a very unique population. You know, um, it is very rare that you meet anybody in St. Andrews that that isn't a golfer. If they're not, they still are, are pretty immersed in the game. And uh, really, there are three things in St. Andrews, and that's that is the golf, which there's a lot of right in the center of town. You've got five golf courses. Uh, there is the University of St. Andrews, which has uh, you know, about 5,000 students and really great you know, educational institutions in, in the world. And then, uh, then you've got pubs. And uh, so life kind of revolves around golf and the, and the pubs. It's a big part of the culture. And it, it seems like everybody plays. And this week, obviously, it's ramped up. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're right. people from all, from all over the world here. And uh, everybody's just, you know, through the roof excited about, about the Open Championship and golf and the tournament getting underway. And, you know, one, one of the things that, that I love so much about Scotland, and we've talked about Scotland on the show a lot, is is it, it's golf is such a big part of the culture and, and uh it's it, seemingly everybody plays and uh every kid in school in scotland is introduced to the game so it's you know it's a big part of the physical education curriculum uh is the game of golf and they get you know get introduced in early elementary school and um you know, it's, it's it's the national game and uh so it's a big part of the culture. Just golf in general, people tend to have. Uh, you know, most people are very passionate about the game, and uh, this week it's just ramped up to a whole different level. Yeah, yeah. Tell us a favorite pub or two, Chris, that you love in St. Andrews. Well, my favorite my favorite pub is the Dunvegan, and uh, it's uh, literally about 200 yards from the from the 18th green and first tee of the old course, and just one of the one of the great hangouts in the world and uh you can hardly get in the dunvegan this week it's, I'm sure. uh, there's so many people around it and surrounding it but that, that's that's my favorite place by far and there's a there's a, a couple clubs in st andrews that i love to go to a couple golf clubs the, the st andrews golf club and the new golf club which i'm lucky enough to have some access to and uh, there, there are a number of them. There's a place called Keys Pub, which is a great uh, local haunt where you'll you'll run into a lot of old course caddies. And uh, then there's right off the uh, 
kind of the middle of the 17th fairway, uh, right next to the Old Course Hotel, is is the Jigger Inn, which has been around. The Jigger Inn dates back to the days of old Tom Morris, and you know, it's probably uh, you know 100 and, 150 years plus old, and uh, another just a great spot. It's a great spot this week to if you can get near it to hang out. All places where you can find a story, I'm guessing. There is, <laughs> you will find un- unlimited stories. A <laughs> couple of uh, good guests coming up, Chris, uh, that uh, we got uh, just before you left. Uh, uh, Michael and Joe, a couple guys we know. Yeah, yeah, two of my favorite guys in the world. My sons, Michael and Joe Foley, and uh, we, had a, we had a great conversation prior to the Open Championship, and uh, hopefully something everybody will enjoy. All right, Chris, have a wonderful time. We'll talk to you when you get back. Thank you, Mac. We'll see you next week. That's Chris Foley. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan, streaming at uh, KLIZ.com. Also find us at Podcast One and really wherever you go, look for your podcasts, Lakes, Woods, and Irons. That thanks in part to our sponsors, SCR Northern. They're the guys and the gals who answer their phones 24-7, the ones with Old Man Winter on the trucks. Also, Ernie's on Gull, an experience in dining on the shores of Gull Lake, open year-round at 11 with deck and patio seating. And uh, Cragen's Legacy Courses, home to the 2022 CRMC Classic and the new Tom Lehman 18. Special segments here coming up. I hope you enjoy them. It's uh, Foley Golf. It's Foley Family Golf about teaching and kind of a life in the golf world. Chris uh, interviewed his two sons before he took off for St. Andrews. So this is Chris. And uh, Michael and Joe Foley should be a lot of fun. want to welcome to the show two uh, very special guests today. We, we uh, uh, I think each of them have been on the show individually at times over the years, but uh, never together. And uh, so we got a very special guest today. I got Michael and Joe Foley, my two sons. Guys, welcome. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us on. Yeah, thank you so much. It uh, with our schedules, it's pretty uh, pretty difficult to coordinate uh, uh, all of you on the show. But I've wanted to do it for a long time. But uh, uh, you know, I always I, I always tell people that uh, I have never never lived vicariously through my kids until now, and uh, so it's, it's it's awful fun to have you on. And it, it, give us give us your background, Michael. You you, you go first. You're you're the oldest, and tell us what what you're doing. So I, you know, growing up in Brainerd and being so close to Madden's, it was hard not to be uh, attracted to playing and, and even more so getting to spend time with you, uh, for the listeners, my dad, at the airport driving range at Madden. So I started going out there and, and walking out from uh, our house on Pine Beach Road when I was six or seven, excuse me, seven or eight, and kept going, kept going, and really when I turned 11 is when I turned on the jets and I don't think I missed a single day of hitting balls that summer. Um, so I was very, very lucky to grow up the way that I did had full access to that range, had full access to the classic and spent a lot of time hitting balls next to, uh, next to my dad's trailer at, uh, at the airport range. So, uh, just watching tiger growing up with, you know, his influence and watching the Tiger trilogy numerous, numerous times. It's uh, it's hard not to get passionate about golf in this family. And 
Uh, the viewers can't see it, but behind my dad right now is a wall full of books and golf history books. And, you know, you growing up in that environment, it's hard not to love it. And what, what are you doing now, Michael? Oh, so, so I'm the, uh, the head professional at Somerset country club in Mendota Heights, Minnesota, just, just outside of St. Paul. It's my first year. Um, it's been my dream job for a number of years. Grew up hearing about Somerset and Brainerd and it was a place with a lot of mystique and it almost seemed like it didn't exist. So to have the opportunity to be effectively the fifth head professional in its 103 year history, it's, uh, it's a Walter Mitty kind of experience. Well, that's pretty cool. And, and what, what were you doing prior to being at, uh, at Somerset? I was an assistant at Interlochen in Edina and uh, Seminole Golf Club down in Juneau Beach, Florida. And started off your career where Joe's at, right? Yeah. Good segue. Joe, the Sea Island man. Yeah. So, How about you, Joey? To give us, how did you become passionate about the game? And Well, I, I think a lot of it for me was, you know, just being around it and immersed in it all the time growing up. Uh, you know, kind of about the same age as Michael, I started walking to the, the range and um, I think some of it was just being competitive. I always wanted to do things better than Michael did, even when I was little. <laughs> and it, it almost made me hate losing more than I like to win. Kind of looking back <laughs> at it. Um, but yeah, I, I would say around 12 years old was kind of when I first started really hitting it hard. Um, that was, I remember my first summer where I really kind of played a lot of tournament golf and, um, it wouldn't be that unusual for me to play like a hundred holes a day on the Pine Beach West and then come back and chip and putt till nine o'clock at night. And so I really kind of grew up looking at guys like, like Tiger or Phil at the time or any of these, these guys on tour that were, were big at the time and, uh, wanting to play. And so just going up through college golf, not having quite the career I wanted to, to go chase it, I, I felt like doing what you did in full-time instruction was going to be much more fun for me than uh, even like Michael's side where he's running the, the shop a little bit, a little bit more and um, taking care of tournaments. Uh, I always felt like it'd be a lot more fun to help people with their games than to help the golf course more so. So you're teaching full-time at Sea Island, right? Yep, teaching full-time. Uh, I do that, and I also run our, our range staff down here as well. Nice. T tell, tell us about people who aren't familiar with Sea Island. Give, give us a little background on, on where Sea Island is and, and what it's all about. So Sea Island is, if you went kind of down the eastern seaboard, it is located halfway between Savannah and Jacksonville. The really cool thing about Sea Island is it, it's it's really a lot easier to get to than most people would think, but it's just an incredible cool place to come play golf. So the the resort itself is on Sea Island, but where our property is located at the, the Lodge and Golf Performance Center is on St. Simon's Island, which is kind of funny. Sea Island is its own little entity that's just off of the off of St. Simon's that you gotta go over a causeway to get to and the cool thing about Sea Island down here with all that going on and it being just golf crazy is we have 
more tour players that live and train here than anywhere else. And that kind of started with uh, Davis Love Jr., who is Davis Love III's father, and Jack Lumpkin's dream to have this performance center. And um, that combined with a couple other guys like Mac Barnhart bringing in the, uh, the tour players to train there with our specialists kind of really has made it grow quite a bit. And who are some of the players that are there, Joe? Um, so Davis Love III is our, our big marquee guy. Um, JT Poston, who just won the John Deere this last weekend, um, which was awesome to see. He's a great guy. Uh, Harris English, uh, Hudson Swafford, Brian Harmon, uh, Jonathan Bird. Uh, that would be kind of the, the big names there. And then we have several guys that are, are up-and-coming players on, on the tour, like an Andrew Novak or a Ben Griffin um, or a Grayson Sig is another guy that, that's really good. And just so many of these guys can flat-out play that are down here. And it's it's amazing how the culture is the way, way it is where so many of these guys are competing with each other day in and day out and pushing each other um, all in the same place rather than – well, I think we have an advantage over the guys in Jupiter because they're kind of at seven or eight different clubs around, around the area. And you can get a game going, but it's pretty rare from what I've heard from some of the guys that you ever get anybody where you get four or five guys all hitting around the, the short game area at once talking about different ways that they, they hit shots and kind of different mindsets for around the greens or hitting full shots that way. And tell, tell us about the staff there. The, the, the staff is equally impressive to, to the, the players that are there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's incredible. So we have, we have two, uh, two full-time fitness specialists on staff, Randy Myers and Tom Hemmings, who are the, the two best in the entire business. I don't care what anybody says. They, they're just really good. Um, we have Craig Allen, who's our, our director at the Performance Center, who is um, – probably the, the best fitter in the entire industry. And then you have Curtis Leggett, who's our master fitter, who's not far behind Craig, if not equally as good. And then our two other fitters are kind of their protégés and extremely, extremely regarded within the industry, uh, Ben Freund and Jeffrey Kamen. And then kind of, we, we call it our, our elite teachers. We have Justin Parsons, who works with all of our tour players. So guys like Harris English and Brian Harmon and uh, now works with Davis um, after for the last couple of months because uh, Jack Lumpkin passed away kind of suddenly on us. But and then we have uh, Gail Peterson, who she's born and bred Sea Island. Her dad was uh, the club manager at the Sea Island Golf Club when she was growing up. So she's kind of uh, we've had a lot of interesting conversations about a lot of pros, kids that get into the game, but they, they don't like it. Or how do you you kind of foster that? that kind of idea. Um, and Gail is, is fantastic. She's uh, a hall of fame teacher. I worked for the golf digest schools. Um, and then you have Chrissy Felton, who's our, our other, uh, ladies instructor on staff. They work with anybody, but, uh, Chrissy also helps with scheduling all our group bookings and things like that at Sea Island. Um, then you have a, a list of guys in the elite section, like Jared Zach, Chan Reeves, Daniel Gray, um, who are all nationally ranked teachers as well. And then we have senior instruction that is equally as good with uh, Mike Cook, Victor DeSola, Jeff Nelson. Um, I mentioned Chrissy. And then uh, we have two putting specialists on staff as well. One uh, that's here 
every few months, Phil Kenyon, who's one of the leading putting uh, specialists in the world. And then David Angelotti, who's his protege, who is here full time. Um, and we felt the need for that just because Phil's on the road so much. We, we need somebody in our, uh, in our putting studio all the time. That's equally as impressive. So you can, uh, you can go to see it. It's a one-stop shop there at Sea Island. You can come and, and virtually work on every aspect of your game from the, from the best in the business. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I'm leaving out even Dr. Mo, who's our sports psychologist on staff as well, who he's had quite a run in the last 10 years, even with eight or nine major champions and over 60 tour winners on, on his team. Wow. How can you not get better there? <laughs> oh, so Joe, you, you met, you, you made the comment that you and Gail talk about, you know, how most golf pros kids don't, don't enjoy the game. And, um, you know, how, what, what led you to, to you know, you, you both said about, uh, you know, hanging out at the driving range, but, uh, you know, what, why do you, why, are three kids so passionate about it when most kids, most golf pros kids just don't enjoy the game at all? Well, it's, it's interesting. I, Gail always talked to me about like when she was growing up, like when she was really young, her dad just kind of exposed her to it. And whenever she went out to the golf course, it'd always be about having a lot of fun. So they'd go hit balls at the range, you know, play a couple holes and then she'd come in and she'd get a gold brick Sunday as her, her little treat in the old kitchen there, <laughs> you know, and it, it sounds from what it seems like talking like with Davis and hearing stories about his father, you know, junior was really tough on, on Davis love the third and Mark love, but it was always, you know, whenever they came out, he wanted them to go play and get good at playing. And um, he never really made it about himself kind of being out there, which I think is something that a lot of golf professionals do with their kids is they make it about what they want rather than just making things a lot of fun for their kid in general. Michael, what, what, what do you think about that? Or what, what's your opinion? Well, it's, it's hard to speak to, to anyone else, but, uh, and, and most of all, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that by far the best of the three of us, is little Katie Foley, who's going to be a freshman here down at St. Thomas on the golf team. Um, you know, I think for me, part of the reason why I started walking down there was to spend time with, with you. And, and I think, I mean, how, how could you not love the game of golf? And, you know, I'll, I'll never forget mom talking about it when we were younger is that, you know, I always tell people we were never forced into playing that you just wanted us to play to enjoy it and hopefully play with you one day. And I can't put my finger on it, but whatever the hell you did, I mean, it, it worked out awfully well compared to what a lot of other guys did. Um, I think it, it was a way to get closer to you, but then furthermore, you know, it was, it was not about you, it was about us. And that allowed all of us to go on and do what we wanted, you know, I'm a head professional now, wanted to play for a long time, didn't have the game for it. Joe wanted to play for a long time, didn't have a game for it. Sorry, Joe. Uh, <laughs> decided, decided to be an instructor instead. And, you know, you were a head professional at one point. Now you're full-time instruction, so that's a little bit of both of us. And then, you know, you look at Katie, and, and Katie may have kind of gotten serious about it 
in quotations a few years after Joe and I did, but you know, you look at how passionate she is and what she wants to do in the game. And it'll be a lot of fun to watch her over the next four years. So uh, some, something about the Foley family and, and getting into it has been great. Even seeing Sadie out at the golf course, she's in it somehow, but uh, then, you know, having mom to kind of balance us all out was a huge help as well. So I can't quite put my finger on it, but I know whatever whatever you and mom did, it, it worked out awfully well. Uh, we've, we've been awfully blessed in the game and around the game. And uh, really, it's, you know, everything that we've been able to do in life is because of the game of golf. So we've, um, the travel we've done and uh, just, it's, it's just been such a big part of our life forever. So uh, pretty cool. Back with more from the Foley's, Michael, Joe, and Chris on 1380 KLIZ. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan, streaming at uh, KLIZ.com. Also find us at uh, Podcast One and really wherever your podcasts are found. We're right there for you. Brought you in part by our sponsors, Holiday Station Stores in Cross Lake and Mill Avenue. Also, Emily Green's, home of the largest green in the universe. It's all about fun at Emily Green's. And Maury's Seafood and Markets in Baxter and Motley, the finest walleye, smoked seafood, herring. Uh, as Paul always says, eat more fish. Back to our segment now. Hope you're enjoying it. Very fun segment with uh, the Foley Boys, two young and one old, Michael and Joe, young, Chris, old. Very fun segment. Hope you're enjoying it. But let, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, about golf instruction and some of the things, both with juniors and adults, and um, you know some of the things that that you guys have experienced that can really help other players get better. You know, you've been you've been around so many great instructors and been so many places and worked with all different levels of people. Um, you know, Michael, you're you're working with your with your current membership. It's much different than the than what you were working at. Like you know, like at the when you helped us teach and that type of thing. So, give us some of the things that uh, you know that you think will help other people get better. Yeah, I I've been afforded the opportunity to teach a lot more this year, which has been a blast. And and picking up on that, it's kind of cemented some ideas that, that I've had, so many of them go back to you. And uh, I firmly believe that the swing seeks space and it hates manipulation. And I think when I look at most people, you know, where to start with is uh, a lot of pre-swing. That's their posture, their grip, and their alignment. But furthermore than that, I see so many people struggle with their balance and how they set their pressure and their feet at address. And if you're out of balance, and if you don't have the correct pressure, you got to manipulate that golf swing a lot in order yeah. to make contact. So even even before we work, start working on club path and what you're doing in your swing, you know, if you start off with all your weight on your toes, that's not going to allow you to rotate, which you're going to have to manipulate a ton from there. And then you're not going to make a whole lot of solid contact. So I, I think when I, you know, one of the things that I preach when I'm in these lessons is we worry about contact first and direction second. And if we can get your contact down, we can get your direction down from there. And if you're way out of balance and way on your toes, you're not going to make a whole lot of solid contact. So I, I think, you know, for, for people that just want to do some toothbrush, 
toothbrush drills at home without a golf club. It's getting into what a good stance looks like and feels like at a dress and making sure that that weight is on the balls of your feet or a little bit more behind. But please correct me if I, if I say anything that, no, uh, that you don't agree with. Not at all. And would you say you see more people on their toes than their heels? No, no question. You know, yeah. and I think for so long people said, you know, or there's been belief that you need to be more on your toes and, you know, someone asked me the other day, they didn't like that I was telling them to be on their heels and they brought up, you know, Justin Thomas and how Justin Thomas isn't really touching the ground when he's coming through impact. And I said, well, well, you know, where do you think his weight starts off in the beginning? And then he also swings it at about 120 miles an hour <laughs> and you're, you're swinging it a little bit less than that. So I, I would, I would say most people start with way too much weight or pressure in their trail foot, which is a, as a right-handed player, that's your right foot. And if I came up from behind and pushed them in the takeaway, they'd fall straight over because they're on their toes so much. Yeah, I would agree. Joey, how, how about you? What, uh... Well, a, a lot of the people I see down here, um, I'm really fortunate that a lot of the people I see are either really young junior players or they're people that have a, a high golf IQ or they've, they've taken a lot of instruction in the past. Um, so you kind of inherit that. but uh, kind of the first thing I always look at after looking at the way somebody sets up, kind of like what Michael was saying is I, I always look at how they're holding the golf club. Yeah. And the majority of people that I see when they're holding the golf club, it sits, especially in the left hand, if they're right-handed or the, the lead hand, it's way too much in the, the palms of their hands. And I find it very difficult for people to make, you know, have really good face control when that happens. Or we could see the face point, you know, way to the right one way or be open or, you know, close way down on the next swing. You know, and some of that I, I think is a reaction to what they, they have previously done. But when that grip I've discovered gets too much in the palm of someone's hand, that's they lose control of where that club travels on its arc. And um, they start making manipulations with their body to, to really start compromising or trying to get back on track. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's always amazing, you know, the, the longer I teach, the more, uh, I'm, you know, we, we build our whole golf swing around our grip and it, everything in the golf swing is influenced by it. And if, if, if we're not holding the golf club, you know, somewhat properly, boy, it's, it's, it's really hard to make any type of efficient golf swing, I think. Well, so how about, how about, you know, if, if what advice would you give for like a parent starting a, a child out in golf? When, when should they start? How should you start them? And, and those type of things. You know, I think bringing them out and just kind of exposing them to the environment is a really big thing and making it so that when they go out, it's to have fun. Um, I think doing that and kind of putting a club in their hands, you know, I don't think it matters a whole lot on, on the age, just as long as they, they have a little bit of strength where they could, they could move the club. Yeah. Um, but I think just making it so that every time they go out to the golf course, it's meant to be fun. And that, you know, if you're bringing them to see somebody like, like myself or you or Michael, you know, I always think one of the biggest things that we can do 
or one of the most important things that we can do is make it so that we're their friend when they come and they're not hating golf when they come to the golf course. So I, I somewhat think making it so that the game is a lot more fun before they actually see like a lot of improvement along the way, because that can change so rapidly for a kid that's four five, six to 10 years old. Yeah. yeah. Michael, how about you? Oh, just echoing everything Joe said. And, you know, we see it with, uh, we have some big junior camps here. We do Thursday juniors where, you know, it's some older kids that are, um, you know, looking to improve. And then we have this Friday kids day with kids that start as, as young as four and goes up to as old as 12. And, you know, it's just about making them fun and, you know, trying not to fill them with too much sugar, but, you know, the treats help being in the golf cart helps getting them out walking helps. Um, and I, I would say going a little bit further, if, if they do enjoy it, you know, make sure they're the ones that are wanting to play in events. And with that being said, you know, I, I cannot tell you walking around at these junior events, how unfortunate it is to see parents and coaches insert themselves into these rounds, particularly with young girls golf. If you're a parent going out there to watch your child play, walk way ahead, put on your headphones, listen to Lakewoods Lake Woods and Iron as a <laughs> podcast, and, and kind of let them do their thing if you want to go watch them. Um, I've seen so many kids being ruined by parents and coaches inserting themselves into situations on the golf course. And I, I think that's the number one inhibitor of kids continuing to love the game that play at a competitive level. Yeah, it's, uh, we, we talk about that a lot um, in our dinner, dinner conversations over the years, but it, it's, uh, it is discouraging to see that, it, you know, golf is one of the only sports you can do that because most of the time you're in the stands and uh, unless you're the coach, it's hard to, um, have any influence on the game and 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 unfortunately with junior golf we, we see that a lot now where the parents are you know during the round or post round or pre-round they're uh, you know they're 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 trying to exert their influence and 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 rather than just letting the kids play and perform so uh, that's a great point joey one of the i i you and I were talking about this not too long ago. Being at, in the atmosphere that you are, you get to see all these tour players and elite players play. And one of the things we talk about a lot on the show is uh, if you're exercising or if you're if you're practicing. And what what have you, what have you learned about practice being at Sea Island and um, especially the kind of the things that the, the way you practice growing up? What what would what would you do differently? Well, I. You know, I think it's it's funny with myself. I, I always say now I spent way too much time in a practice environment or a controlled environment when I was practicing. So I would spend a lot of time like at, at your station on the range hitting balls on TrackMan. And I got really good at hitting the, the middle of the face, which is a good skill. But the, the thing that I've, I've noticed amongst the tour players, they're really good in that environment. But then you take them and put them in an environment with some chaos and they they do a, a lot of stuff where they have to put themselves in, uh, you know, kind of weird situations in practice, especially like around the greens, you know, and hit weird lies. 
the more that, that you can do that kind of stuff and make it like you're playing golf and then get some feedback and practice, the, the better you are, are going to be when it comes to transferring to that, to the golf course. So a typical tour player down here, they'll spend maybe an hour in the gym in the morning and then they'll go out and they'll practice putting with their heart rate up. So it's like when they're putting under pressure on that first hole or, you know, coming in to win a golf tournament. And then they'll spend a little bit of time working mechanics where they have a station checking grip, face, alignment. And then they'll take all that away and go through their full routine and hit shots, trying to hit a fairway or um, trying to hit it into a certain distance. And for myself, I, I spent too much time trying to hit. I think a lot of it was my seven iron got worn out a lot faster than my other clubs. <laughs> I spent a lot of time trying to hit the same shot over and over rather than worrying about how he's going to control the distance that I hit that club. Michael, be, being at Seminole, you got to be around some of the, you know, Seminole is all about the golf and the, the members there have over the years have been some of the, the top ranked amateur players in the whole world. And it's just a, the, the environment there is so good. What, what, what did you see those players you know, pretty big age range of, of players there, but uh, what did they do to practice and play? And what, what are some of the things you observed there? Well, yeah, we, we called those boys the ball beaters and uh, lo loved them all dearly. Some of my best memories were going to uh, our, our secondary range at, at Seminole, which is called the Iron Range, and watching, you know, guys like Mike McCoy, Vinny Giles, Spider Miller, Buddy Marucci, hit balls. And I would say for a lot of them, they, they did a little bit more block practice than what you'd see from a lot of good players, but they yeah. played a lot of golf. And what was particularly fascinating is as, as much time as they would spend at the iron range, they'd spend just as much time, if not more putting and chipping. And, um, you know, Seminole is a fascinating place because you could play it, you know, twice in one day and have a vastly different golf course. And, you know, they, uh, you can get some interesting lies out there. And, and, you know, as I tell our juniors out here, it's, it's not hockey. There's no stick handling. There's no preferred lies, you know, so they'd play it as it lies and, um, have to hit a lot of really ultra creative shots. And that's a golf course that promotes it. But I, I will say this as well in my own experiences, you know, at Seminole and at the classic, you're not going to make a whole lot of birdies. And if you make a lot of birdies, you're playing awfully well. And, and the thing that I wish I would have changed, similar to Joe, I, I practiced a lot, and hit a lot of range balls. I wish I would have played more at the West or the East than I did at the Classic and learned how to score. Um, yeah. Similarly, you know, I went back sets of tees earlier than what I should have, even though I hit the ball a, a reasonably long way. You know, I should have continued to stay at the forward most tees until I shot even far better. And, uh, you know, I, I see that a lot with, you know, the guys at Seminole, most of them grew up on, you know, you know the great mid-ams didn't all come from elite country clubs growing up. A lot of them grew up playing places like the East or the West or, you know, Pine Meadows when Pine Meadows was still open in Brainerd. And, and I think learning how to score and learning how to play, you can't replace that with a lot of other things as much as you try to make you know, the practice field in golf as much like the core, as much as you can, like the course. I mean, you got to go out and learn how to play. Yeah, no question. I, I remember at one point I was trying to get you to play like 
five rounds of golf at Pine Beach West uh, for every round you played at, uh, at the classic and that, that didn't last very long, but, uh, we certainly talked about it. <laughs> the, the cheeseburger soup at the classic was better than the hot dogs in the West. So that might have a little something to do with that. There you go. So, well, guys, we're, I know we're running up against the hour and you guys got to get back, uh, back to work here. Unfortunately, I could talk to you guys for forever, but, uh, we're, you know, British Open Week or Open Championship Week. Yeah, uh, uh, you have any? Who, who's your top pick, Joe? You go first. Uh, I'm going with Rory McIlroy. I I think it would be great for the game if Rory won with everything going on in the world of golf right now. Michael, my my heart, my head always say Rory, and uh, I think he's going to get it done one of these days. Um, to Joe's point, you know, the, the world of golf is pretty fragmented right now. You think about all that Rory's had to do being chairman of the pack and the stress and the amount of time that he's put towards that. And, you know, I think you saw it at the Canadian Open. You know, he was playing like a man on fire. And you yeah. think about all the emotions that he's had to deal with, um, you know, with this live golf. And I think he just ran out of steam going into the uh, to the U.S. Open. So I, I'd love to see him do it at, at the Open Championship. I think, uh, you know, watching Will Zalatoris, he's another guy to keep an eye on. You know, not much of a dark horse pick anymore. Um, and you, you'd love to see the big cat come out and compete. Oh, Hope boy. That he's healthy. Would so that we'll, be fun? I'm, I'm, we're both jealous that you and mom and, and your crew get to go watch it in person. Yeah. Who, who, who do you like, Dad? I, I'm it's it's a, a family together I, I'm I, I'm hoping Rory plays well and I, I hope Tiger gives us gives us a big thrill at some point so it, uh, it's going to be fun to fun to watch so boys have a great day appreciate you coming on thank you dad thank, thank you for all you do for us thanks Michael and Joe thank you for coming on I really appreciate it we got to do this again yeah, thank you, Dad. That, that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, it, some days I long for the days of being able to, to go out and hit balls next to next to the, the trailer out there at, on the range. And, you know, getting around the fourth is kind of one of those one of those times. So thanks for having us on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Love you, boys. Have a great day. Love you, too, Dad. A little golf, a little family. I love that segment. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan streaming at uh, KLIZ.com. Thank you for uh, joining us, Chris, in uh, across the pond in uh, St. Andrews this week. So we'll handle this last segment all by our lonesome. But love that uh, interview with uh, Chris and his two sons, a family in the golf industry. Pretty fascinating. And they sure make it sound like a profession we should all get into, right? Maybe a little late for uh, yours truly. I want to thank our sponsors, including Whitefish Golf Course in Pequot Lakes. It's an experience that never disappoints. One of the area's premier 18-hole championship courses. Ernie's on Gull, an experience in dining on the shores of Gull Lake, open year-round at 11. And with patio seating, Ernie's is your happy place. And also Gravel Pit Golf, stop and see Chuck and the gang. Rainer, Minnesota's newest experience, par 3. 13 holes, terrific golf course. So, Chris, across the pond, as we said, uh, visiting uh, St. Andrews, the home of golf, and in all of his glory. Chris loves it there. We'll uh, certainly have him regale us with some great stories 
of uh, St. Andrews, not only the golf course, but also the town. Also some good guests uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks. We'd love to have uh, try to get at least one local pro every week. I know Savannah Smith uh, from Crosswoods Golf is on the docket with us, hopefully, within the next couple of weeks. And Jake Worley, the uh, head pro at the Pines as well. We are certainly fortunate to have uh, great golf uh, throughout our area, as you all know, who are golfers. Uh, some events coming up, uh, Riverwood Healthcare Golf Outing, that's at Minnesota National Golf Club, July 22nd. The Minnesota Putting Championship of the World at the Pines, which uh, my pal uh, Tim Martin and myself won that event once. Um, that was, uh, I think, maybe five years ago now. We finished out of the money ever since, but we do have one victory tallied. McGregor Chamber of Golf uh, Tournament, that's July 24th. July 31st, the member guest at Craigens. August 1st through the 3rd, the Minnesota PGA Junior Soda Series, that's at the Pines. August 5th, the Ranger Classic at Kiona Rolling Hills. So you get the idea, an awful lot of great golf tournaments and events uh, throughout our area. I could just go down a laundry list. They last through October. But, of course, one of the ones uh, culminating in August, Craigens is thrilled to be hosting the CRMC Championship Presented by Gertens, it's the first PGA Tour Canada event ever to be held in the United States. 150 players will be here competing for their chance to move up the rankings, eventually compete on the PGA Tour. Some of those players certainly will. Tournament week will consist of uh, uh, great golf, uh, also community events such as a charity cruise on Gull Lake, the Cloud Stamping Saturday Night Concert, uh, VIP tent overlooking the 18th green. Keep in mind this is a ticketless event. No fees, so you can come out, watch some future PGA players. Going to be a lot of fun a little later in August. We'll keep checking in with uh, Jack Warrow and uh, some of the gang at Craigens to keep us up to date on that. We'll welcome Chris back uh, this next week from uh, the home of golf at St. Andrews. You've been listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ.